Hello everyone, welcome back to Camp People. Um, you are with John this week. Um, it has been a busy week of camp already, and it's only Wednesday so far. Um, as you might be listening to this on Wednesday morning, I am in a truck picking up some campers, or heading in a truck to pick up some campers um, to from their overnight campouts. And then we are getting ready for Olympic week at our camp this week, where the campers get to do a bunch of fun activities together and just gives them a good time to get to know each other better and to show off some odd talents and things like that that they might not get to show off all the time. So it's just a pretty fun time to celebrate the 4th of July and celebrate being at summer camp. So, yeah. Um, so last week, Mariah talked about Ohana and how it means family, and how no matter where we are in life, we are part of God's family, and his love surrounds us where we are in life. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I was listening to it Wednesday morning last week in my office, and was just impacted so much after hearing that devotional, partially because um, I'm in a spot in my life where I really need to hear what Mariah had to say, and also, also because... Mariah is such an awesome person, and God has given her such a huge heart for people and has given her an intentional heart that allows her to sometimes just say the exact right thing that the people around her need to hear. And I just appreciate her and her friendship and just the opportunity that we get to have this podcast together. Um, but also I appreciate that I wasn't there when she recorded that podcast and I needed to hear it just at the right time. So if you were at a staff meeting right now, I would say, who is Mariah? And all of you would start clapping and cheering for Mariah because she is such an awesome person. So Mariah, as you listen to this on Wednesday morning, and I recorded on Tuesday afternoon, um, you're awesome. And thank you so much for that awesome devotion. Um, so as I was listening to her devotion... It tied to something that I've been thinking about lately, and that is finding your why. So today's Born Devotion, it, we're going to talk about how to find your why and what does that mean. I love that we're a part of God's family and that he loves us and his love surrounds us and other people also surround us with their love. And we have been covering, he's been covering his love with us. But as Jed Bartlett would say in my favorite television show, The West Wing, um, what's next? So what do we do after we realize that we are loved and we are part of God's family? We find our why. And what does this mean? Finding your why means that we are finding the purpose of walking with Christ if those of you listening right now work in ministry or have worked in ministry, whether it is camping ministry or church ministry or another part where you might be serving in a Christian organization, many of you have probably walked down a similar mental and spiritual conversation with yourself and thought of God, thought of looking to God for your purpose and not just looking at what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And I feel like a lot of times we miss out on the why. Um, Craig Rochelle, 
who, if you don't know who he is, he's a pretty popular pastor um, in today's culture. And he posted on his Facebook last week, people will work for a what, but they will give their lives for a why. So today, I want to walk through some verses in Philippians and talk through my thoughts. And hopefully this will help some of you listening work through your why or help you start the process of finding your why. So let's start out by talking about the book of Philippians. Um, it was written by Paul to the church of Philippi. For those of you who don't know who Paul is, um, he was this guy who knew a lot about Judaism and a lot about um, Jesus. But for a long time, his name was Saul, and he his job basically was to go around and terrorize Christians, and he helped crucify people that shared about Christ. Um, down the road, God blinds Paul and then invites Paul into a new life um, where he changed his name to Paul, but he invites Paul to start sharing about Christ. And as he shares about Christ, Paul becomes a huge evangelist and a huge missionary to many of the churches in his area. And Philippi was one of those churches. So um, if you look at the New Testament, a lot of those books are letters from Paul. Um, in fancy words, they call them the Pauline epistles. Um, but in Philippians, this was the third letter to the churches that he wrote. The first two were to the Galatians and the Colossians. And those were a letter in response to their churches because there were some things that needed taken care of. And Paul was there basically to tell them what was up. Um, Philippians, though, is super cool in, because it is a letter of appreciation to the believers at the Church of Philippi. This church had supported Paul and his mission, and it was clear throughout the book that Paul wanted to acknowledge that they found their why in life. And he wanted to encourage them to continue to live out their faith together and to live out their faith with joy and to take that joy and share it with others. So I am currently doing a devotional. I mean, it's an 80-day devotional from version about the Pauline epistles just because I love Paul's writing and really just wanted to dig deep um, in a miniature chapter-by-chapter, basically, devotional where I could read and learn more about Paul. So I want to share some verses with you today and kind of some thoughts on Philippians and how it might be able to help you find your why. Your why, sorry. So the first verse is Philippians 2 verse 3, which says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. So Mariah made a comment last week how... Oftentimes, we try to take control and not let God have it. And that is a huge problem for me. Um, for those of you that don't know the Enneagram, which I think, Mariah, this is a side note that you and I should probably do a podcast series on Enneagram someday because we both love it so much. But I am a three. So this verse is super hard for me um, because I am often looking to people please. I am often looking... Um, not of others. Um, it's a not often, but it's a weakness for me to 
um, remind myself to focus on others and not myself. Um, and it's super hard to do that. Oftentimes a lot in my life, um, in my testimony of where I was and where I've become, I have found myself focusing on myself and not turning the value to God and others. And this is something over the last year or so I've been trying to work on, asking myself why I do the actions that I do and why I choose the path that I choose, um, not only as a father and a husband, but also as a believer in making sure that the actions that I take and the words that I say are pointing back to Jesus and pointing back to how awesome he is and encouraging others to point that way as well. And I think this verse is key when looking at how we are walking our lives and why we do what we do. Are we doing it out of selfish ambition or vacancy? Are we doing things to get other people to look at us? Or are we doing it um, in a humble sense to value others above ourselves? The second verse I want to talk about is Philippians 1.9, which says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing knowledge and understanding. So about six months ago, our pastor um, started doing some series on baggage and then from talking about baggage in your life, he moved on to doing sermons about lukewarm Christians. And that kind of started me on my own journey of looking at where I was. I feel like sometimes when you work in camping ministry or in a Christian ministry, um, it's very easy to get distracted and not look at where you are in life, but look at you must be doing everything good because of the job that you're doing um, or the field that you're in. And so in this journey, my own personal journey, I began to find myself asking why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my purpose in life? Um, and this verse is key to that journey that I've been on. Um, one thing I've noticed is I have to constantly pray to push negativity out of my life and try to push more positivity into my daily focus. Because if you're allowing Satan to have that negativity in your life, it will eventually pull out of you and onto others. But if you're praying like I have for God to pull that negativity out of my life, if you're not to be tempted by it, then it will allow me to be positive in my daily focus around others. Um, I've done this by committing to reading my Bible every day and having intentional time to talk to God first thing in the morning. And when I'm talking to God first thing in the morning, I start by thanking him for a ton of stuff and then I end it with asking for strength and encouragement and then praying for other people in my life that might need prayer that day. So part of finding your why is helping yourself make sure that you're, you have knowledge and understanding in, of how to grow and grow in the right way. The next verse I want to talk about real quick is Philippians 3 verse 14. I preach on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. So, fun fact, I absolutely hate running. Um, I always joke that the only time I run is if a bear is chasing me. And thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Um, but this verse drives deep in my soul that I have to press on and push through the pain of fighting the people pleaser in myself and putting the God pleaser first. So just like physical running, this is not always fun to do, 
but the reward at the finish line is going to be worth all the stress and literal blood, sweat, and tears because we will be pleasing God and using that positivity to then please others by sharing his love with them. The last verse I want to share is Philippians 4, verse 19. And my God will meet you all your needs according to the riches of his glory. So this last verse I literally read the morning I listened to Mariah's podcast last Wednesday. And um, also after hearing some news that really hit me in the gut and that I have been really struggling with in the last week or so. Um, sometimes we pray for things and we don't get our way or we get bad news and it's easy for us to blame God because he was the one we've been praying to for these things. And I love that our God is a loving God and shows grace upon grace that even when we turn negativity towards him, he loves us even more. Um, so sometimes we find our why and we are focused on living our life for Jesus, but God's plans don't exactly align what we feel or think 100% of our plans are all the time. So even when we find our why and things don't go our way, God has promised that he will meet our needs according to his glory and what an awesome blessing that promise is that even if things don't go exactly as we planned in our life, God has an even bigger and better plan for all of us. And I'm saying that definitely to myself right now, as it's a daily reminder that um, my needs are met and my needs are met in God. And I am extremely blessed with the people in my life and the job I have and my home and everything that I have, uh, my family. And that even if things don't go exactly how I planned all the time, um, God still has an awesome plan for me. So I know this has gone a little bit longer than our normal um, devotional podcast, but after I heard Mariah's devotion, she just really pumped me up and I wrote all these great notes. So I'm just going to end this by reading a blurb from Chuck Swindoll, who is another um, theologian uh, that has done a lot of research in the Bible and a lot of people um, have gone to him to read his information um, just because he does a lot of things that are applicable to your life. So this is a blurb from his writing on the book of Philippians. Though we all have much to be thankful for, the pace and pressure of life often squeeze the joy from us. Our shoulders slumped and our heads bowed. We find some days or months very difficult to get through. Desperate, we often search for joy in all kinds of ways, acquiring possessions, visiting places, or seeing people. But none of those can provide lasting joy. Where do you find joy in the midst of trying circumstances? Paul knew, as did the Philippians, that true joy comes through the humble faith in our saving work of Jesus Christ. Joining ourselves in harmony with his followers and serving others in the name of Christ. This was the life experienced by the Philippian believers and is a life available to us today. Allow the joy you find in Christ to keep you from useless quarrels and division and to instead guide you into harmonious relationships with God's people. So I want to end this by encouraging all of you to take some time this week or this morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this, 
to have some intentional quiet time away from your normal life and take some time with God to think about your why. Why are you here? Why are you in your job? Why are you in the relationship you're in? And don't sit there and think, what am I doing or what can I do to get better? Instead, think about why you're here and why God has brought you in your current relationship to glorify him and how you can serve others through the blessings that he has given you in your life right now. Let me pray real quick and then we will go on with our days. Hey God, I just want to thank you so much for everything that you've blessed me with. And Lord, thank you for having a plan for my life, even if it doesn't go exactly my way and doesn't connect to where I want to be in my life sometimes. God, I know you are awesome and you're loving and your plan is so much better than mine 100% of the time, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all the listeners, Lord, and I pray that as they go about their days and they figure out what their why is and... um they continue to build their relationship with you and with others, Lord, that you will help them find their why and what you're calling them to do in their lives, Lord. And I pray that you will bless them more than they could ever imagine, Lord. Um, I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for the rain that we've been getting. And Lord, I just pray for everyone that listens, Lord, that you will just walk with them and encourage them in this week. In your name, amen. Well, thanks for holding out with me, and we will come back with Mariah next week. Bye. Welcome back to Camp People. This is Mariah here for your daily, not daily, weekly devotional. And today I wanted to talk about being halfway there. This is the, I think, exact midpoint of our summer. Um, And I know for everyone else, it is a little over halfway through the summertime uh, season, depending on kind of where you live. It's about halfway through the year, so I'm kind of in this feeling of, hey, there's there's some stuff to reflect on, but also there's a lot still to look forward to. And I was thinking about this idea today, and I wanted to share just some thoughts about being at this halfway point, because I think the halfway point can sometimes feel like a really hard spot to be in. For me, I can sometimes get and the feeling of being almost like a little bit trapped when I'm in that middle zone of there's not all this excitement of it's just starting or we're super close to the finish line but I'm also not super tired yet so I don't know the midway point for me is kind of a weird spot to be in it's not a spot that I particularly enjoy but as I was thinking about this devotion I was looking up some things some like tips on how to make the most of being in this midway point. And I wanted to share those with you. So the first one is that the halfway point is a really good time to reflect on what has happened and see if there's some changes that you want to make 
or to celebrate what has already happened. So it's a great time to kind of look back and take record of where you've been and maybe look forward to what would you like to do in this next half of the uh, of the year, of the summer, of whatever season that you're in. The next idea was that the halfway point can be really hard to continue pressing forward, but that's important to keep an optimistic mindset and that there's still time to make change. For me, I can get stuck in the loop of, oh, well, I've already have these habits formed or I like it's hard to make new habits stick and I can get in that like complacency stage. But I think it's important to remember and you know this is mostly for myself of remembering that there's still time, that there is still opportunity and if you're optimistic about that time and that opportunity then there's a lot of beauty that can still happen in this back half of your season. I often think about sporting events and how some teams are called like the third quarter team or they're like they're teams that really once their halfway point has come and gone, they really like turn up the passion or turn up the performance and can make a lot of difference in that second half of the game. And I think that's the same with our lives. And the kind of third point um this is probably the last one this devo is definitely going to be shorter than john's was last week but the last one was to reach out for help um and support to invite people over or invite people into your life who can support you i think this is a really great time of year to talk about hey what have the last six months of your life looked like and what are you hoping for these next six months And I would really encourage you to invite people in who maybe aren't regularly a part of your daily life. So maybe people who aren't regularly in the weeds with you. This past week, um, Luke and I had some friends over from church and they're new friends. And it's kind of in that stage of like, oh my gosh, we're adults and we're making friends. And this is really exciting. But getting, it was so refreshing having people over who aren't in the day-to-day weeds of our life because then we talked about other things. We talked about things that aren't the little annoyances that happened. We were much, it was much more easy to zoom out and talk about the big things that we've been grateful for or some of the like big challenging moments. So I just want to encourage you to reach out and expand your bubble Maybe invite people over for dinner, invite people over for a fire out back. Our pastor the other day said that something along the lines of, it's great to invite people over, but don't feel the pressure to make your life perfect. I think a lot of times we don't invite people over because we're like, oh my gosh, I have to clean my whole house or I have to do all these things. And no, like just, you know, maybe pick up the basket of laundry or something, but Just invite people over and share with them your real life. I, this is a rabbit hole, but I recently saw a video about how the church used to be these, I forget what they were called, but it was whenever churches were in 
houses. And so it was a room full of people who would regularly gather and they would regularly share a meal. And then there'd be, you know, some kind of teaching, but also like lots of discussion would happen. And I think that's really beautiful. And also something that we're probably missing a lot in our world and in our communities. So be that place, be the person who invites people over. And because this is a devotion, I felt that it was, you know, appropriate to read a little bit from the Bible, not just, um, I don't know what even article I got these like tips from, but I, they resonated with me, but I wanted to read from first Corinthians nine, um, verses 24 and kind of going on. And it's a pretty famous, um, passage about persevering, but I think it's famous for a reason, you know, it hits home. So it says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives a prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Least after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. But I think this is so cool because it talks about how as athletes, you know, the prizes are honestly meaningless, but that we are, it says, but we are imperishable. And so as you are in this season, as you're at this halfway point, I want to encourage you to like kick it into that next gear, keep going, keep persevering, invite people into your life and into whatever point in your season that you're at bring people in to encourage you and also remember that you are imperishable what you're doing matters the task that is before you matters it's not just for like Paul says a perishable wreath um, and it's not something that you do aimlessly but whether it's it's a it's something divine it's something from God that God has put on your path so this was quite rambly. I feel like this after every devotional, but um, I hope some of this resonated with you. And yeah, it's going to be a great rest of the summer. If you know someone who is in camping ministry or you know someone who's in like a busy season of life, I think for a lot of people, the summertime can be quite busy. I just encourage you to reach out to them, um, check in with them, see how they're doing. And we will see you next week with John. He'll have another devotional and we're just going to keep going and it's going to be awesome. Okay. Bye.